This is Trevor Davenport, and I reside in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I've been, you know, a runner, ultra runner, trail runner, uh, coach uh, for a number of years, and I recently took on and finished uh, the Grand to Grand uh, Ultra Marathon stage race uh, this uh, this past uh, week. And uh, yeah, I'd love to love to talk to you more about it. Yeah, definitely. It was it was good to see you out there, and then. I saw the Vespa logo on, I think it was your shorts or something during check-in. And I was curious about, about your diet and why you decided to sign up for the race, because I feel like most people don't know what Vespa is. And the fact that you were there running a race and you're, um, you obviously believe in the philosophy and, and use the product. So I guess, I guess to start off though, um, like why did you decide to do grand to grand and like, what was so intriguing about it for you? Yeah. I, you know, for the past couple of years now, um, you know, I have uh, taken up camping. I've done a lot more backpacking and hiking uh, here in Arizona. We've got the AZT, which is just, you know, a beautiful stretch of of rugged trails of all types. And um, combining these passions, you know, was kind of really what drew me to the idea of a stage race because uh, it's got all those elements yeah and it it uh it's local i mean grand grand is i would say local um and you know some of the best views uh up in northern arizona southern utah uh that just really that really drew me in uh and so you know having it local and and at least something that i was familiar with that combined all my passions was really the the draw but you know i've never done anything like that before and so there was a there was a big question mark uh honestly on to whether you know fueling uh and using vespa would would translate i've used it for numerous you know ultra marathons 100ks 50 milers that kind of thing and when you're racing and going at a certain intensity for so long it seems to make sense uh to to fuel with fat but when you're camping and hiking and going a bit slower i just i really didn't know uh how how some of that would would play out um but uh, honestly i i think i stayed pretty true to to using it uh, throughout the race and um yeah things worked out quite well yeah i guess like for a lot of people who don't have any context to to what grand de grand is is like it's what 275 kilometers it starts at the grand canyon and goes up towards the grand staircase so like like bryce canyon area essentially and you do it over it's what six stages over seven days the longest right. day being a 50 miler and then most days are around the marathon to a 50k right yeah that's right that's right and uh you know those those distances again uh might seem fairly straightforward but i think you know the area that that we're talking about um, in in northern Arizona and southern Utah. I just didn't imagine that the terrain, you know, and the conditions that that we would do those miles would be so different. And I think that's really what what kind of caught me off guard. But um, you know, the other thing that that I that I found quite interesting is that you know i've trained here in phoenix throughout the summer but phoenix is at, is at sea level and you know you can be in 115 at sea level um but it it's not the same as being up at six thousand feet 
you know, in Northern Arizona with 85 degrees. And so, um, it, it was quite hot uh, for a couple of those days, but, uh, but yeah, um, the conditions, I think, uh, you know, they, they were definitely, uh, a, a bit more interesting than I expected. Yeah. I think a lot of people are caught off guard with it. Like I've, I've never ran it, but I've been out there a few times filming and, and I've ran a lot of the route, but it's interesting how like you can be at like five, six, seven, eight thousand feet and the sun feels so different. Yeah. And even more so when you're carrying a backpack with everything on it for the entire week. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'm thinking about that then. Um, so it's like all self-supported. So you have to bring all of your food, nutrition and stuff for the week where the race will give you water and a tent to sleep in, but you're carrying your sleeping bag, pad, all these things. So weight management matters along with like comfort level and like trying to like manage these things to like, I guess like you're never going to be like overly comfortable, but you're trying to like mitigate things as best you can. Right. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, um, you know, having, having been camping for some time now, I, I think I've, I, I definitely had, you know, that portion of it dialed in, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely this level of, um, I, yeah, I think just, uh, the, the unpredictability, um, you know, with that course, the weather, uh, and, you know, turns out your, your food, <laughs> your nutrition, uh, not just for racing, but, you know, to recover uh, was definitely, you know, super important. And, uh, you know, eating the same thing for for seven days, uh, it can certainly wear on you. But um, I think, uh, you know, going back to just my nutrition strategy for for the race and, you know, primarily using Vespa, um I didn't find that to be much of a problem throughout the racing hours. Um, and then it kind of translated as well into, you know, those recovery hours once you get back to camp, you know, at the end of each stage. And uh, so, you know, maybe just to back up too as well, most people don't even know what Vespa is. Um, and and so I'm, I'm calling it nutrition, but it's, it's really a supplement. Um, that really helps trigger your body to use the fat that you have. Like everybody has fat stored in their body. And uh, Vespa is a, um, I believe it's a peptide that's derived from a, a Japanese wasp um, who's been known to fly these crazy distances and be super endurant. So they've taken this, wrapped it up into a package and it, it really does trigger your body to to use the fat uh, and that you have already stored, and uh, and and that has a number of benefits um, as as you continue to take that either throughout the racing period or throughout the day. And um, despite some of my concerns about you know moving a little bit slower than you would for a traditional ultra marathon, I think I I really do think it suits you know, a stage race like this, where you are having to endure uh, longer days, you're having to, you know, maybe rely, or, or you don't want to eat, you know, so much uh, when you're actually on the course. Um, But I found it worked, it worked quite well. um, Just given the heat, um, you know, given the, the lack of variety, honestly, that I had in my, in my racing food. So, um, yeah, again, I think it I think it does quite well um, in this kind of environment. Definitely. And I think it's interesting that 
if you look at the times for say like day one, day two, or day three, whatever, it's a 50 mile day. It's like, they don't seem overly fast when you like isolate them as like a one day event. But when you're doing that day in and day out, like pacing yourself is extremely important. And I, I guess that comes down to like, obviously your food and your nutritional strategy, but then also just like the fact that you're carrying a pack, you're essentially fast packing the entire time. So like, just cause you could potentially run a four hour 50 K doesn't mean you're going to want to do that on day one because you might just blow yourself up and then just be cooked for the rest of the week. Yeah, it's, it's entirely true. And I, I, I think that is, you know, one of the benefits, you know, of coming in, you know, with some, with some camping, hiking and ultra running experience. I, I think you really do uh, understand that, you know, uh, philosophically this stage race you know is going to take a long time you're going to be on your feet for a good portion of the day and so um you know having to fuel right uh during those hours hydrate well keep your electrolytes up um super important super important um and i found even after we got into camp uh, you know, continuing to hydrate, uh, continuing to put down electrolytes, um, you know, kind of set you up for, for the next day. Because if you, if you weren't doing that, I think you had a harder time, uh, you know, retaining your mobility, re- retaining your flexibility so that you could, you know, continue to keep and push those paces for future stages. Definitely. So I guess like thinking about that, like, let's go back to like, essentially two or one or two days before the event started um like what was your plan going in and i kind of want to walk through like how it played out during the event and how you felt afterwards so i guess i don't know you drove up from from arizona to Kanab, which is southern utah it's right on the arizona utah border but um what was your strategy going in as far as like packing for food like how many calories did you pack per day and like ken what was the breakdown on that and i know it's maybe a little bit different than what you would normally eat or prefer to eat but um Let's just go into it. I think it's interesting. Yeah, this was this is one of my biggest areas of stress because honestly, <laughs> having never done a stage race before, um, and trying to adhere to the minimums, you know, that the race Im- implies on you. Um, so they require at least one point one, you know, pounds of food a day, and the minimum number of calories is is two thousand calories. Well. You know, again, we burn 2000 calories just existing, uh, most of us, let alone, you know, doing a 50K or a marathon or 50 miles during a day. So um, it, it, it was challenging for me because I have quite a few, you know, foods that are, you know, calorically dense, but but also don't weigh very much. You know, just I've discovered those throughout my my camping uh, outings. And so. Uh, what ended up happening is that I would have a a huge, I would meet the minimum weight, but I had like 4,500 calories, you know, for a single day. And I was still worried that wouldn't be enough because again, I know what it feels like to do a 50 K or, or even a 50 miler. And, you know, at the end of that day, I'm, I'm famished, I'm starving. So I was hedging on, you know, having an abundance of calories. Um, some of those being race calories, some of those being recovery calories. Now, uh, even when I got to Kanab at first, I went through and I made another cut. Um, I was probably at 15 pounds of food 
total for the seven days. And I was told, wow, that's that's really way too much, right? You really need to cut that down. Uh, so I went through a couple cuts. Um, I went to check in. I still had about 13 pounds. Uh, and even the race director said, gosh, you really need to you really need to think about, you know, cutting that back. And and so I did, um, which scared me a little bit because, I, you know, I that left me with basically just my race food and then the recovery food after um, in a smaller portion. But, you know, my plan was really about uh, fueling like I normally would for an ultra marathon. Granted, I knew I was going to be out there for a longer period of time, but that pattern of uh, using Vespa and then having, you know, a strategic carb like a gel, um, you know, somewhere in between maybe an hour, an hour and a half. That that was my plan for for going into the race uh, and, and taking on those miles. And then, you know, I had some pretty high calorie dinners, um, camping dinners and recovery drinks uh, to to have, you know, when we got back to camp, but all told, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly glad that I made those cuts, uh, in my food. Um, I think you and I talked even during, uh, a couple stages, like maybe it was stage two, like I started giving away uh, or turning in probably 500 calories every day that I just wasn't using. Uh, which amazed me because it's it says to me, hey, I could I could do even better, you know, packing both race food, recovery food, and having you know a smaller a smaller packed carry. So uh, I was I was really shocked by that fact that you know I was giving away calories at the end of each stage. Yeah, that is pretty interesting because you could have saved probably a couple pounds of weight, which makes a big difference when you're hauling it around for a week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what did you pack then? Because I guess thinking like there's the pre-race dinner we did out at Marble Canyon, everybody eats a bunch and then yeah, breakfast that morning, like day one, stage one. So like, yeah. what did you bring out there to the Grand Canyon? I guess one, knowing you're not gonna have to pack it and carry it. So did you bring something special or did you just have like, I don't know, bars or something for breakfast? I, you know, I really stayed true to kind of my lifestyle and and maybe that's something we can touch on as well. So I would say for probably the past year and a half, um, I just, I practice intermittent fasting. And so for those that, that don't know what that is, uh, I, I essentially don't eat after 7 p.m. Uh, and then I don't eat before noon the next day. And so that's what 17 hours of of just not eating. And, and I don't do that because I'm, you know, I'm overly sensitive about my figure or anything, but what this does is it really helps your body figure out how to best use the fat that it has for energy. And so, you know, I'll go run in the morning, I'll cycle, I'll do whatever my workouts before work. So your body is forced to kind of figure out, uh, you know, Hey, use fat, you're not getting anything else. So you need your energy, use fat. So going into the race, I, I kept this schedule, you know, as it was, as if I was living day to day. So breakfast, cup of coffee. Um, the race started at 8, p- uh, 8 a.m. every day. And I probably wouldn't eat um, a gel until probably 10, 1030. Uh, but I would take a Vespa. So I would take a Vespa at nine o'clock. 
And then I I just start to layer in my race calories as if I was doing, you know, uh, an ultra marathon. And um, that pattern of a Vespa every two hours and then some sort of carb, a strategic, you know, uh, 100 calories or maybe a um, I have some sesame crackers that I that I take. Um, but it, I'm just layering calories throughout the day. Um, and so, you know, on any particular day for that marathon or 50K, I would probably consume, let's say, four packets of Vespa. And then, I don't know, 400, 500 calories um, over the course of that eight, nine hours. Um, and, and that's it. You know, um, I'm, I'm mostly worried about hydration. Uh, I'm keeping my electrolytes up during that period, keeping your body cool. Um, but I'm not I'm not starving during that period. Again, the body has figured out how to use fat. It's a cleaner fuel. Um, and then, you know, getting to camp, continue to hydrate. It usually takes a couple hours before, you know, I'm starting to get hungry. Um, and then I would eat my camp meal uh, again before seven uh, when it's when it's appropriate. And then and then just start the cycle over again. And um, not once did I find myself, you know, just absolutely famished uh, and starving for food. It was just like any other day, um, you know, kind of repeating that pattern over and over again. And uh, I, I think that I think that, uh, you know, pattern uh, is also what really helped uh, push me through, you know, to that finish line. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I really, I think it shows like the, um, what would the word be like, like the benefits or maybe like, yeah, I guess the benefits of like just being consistent with everything, like kind of eating the same thing you would normally eat, same time frame. your body just kind of adapts to that. And it's just kind of like a normal day for you. Yeah. Whereas like, and I don't want to sound like condescending to a lot of other people, but that were out there, but a lot of these people had never even like tried the food that they were going to eat during the race. Yeah. And then like I was doing um, interviews with people on like the second to last day at that last camp we were at. And a lot of people were like, Oh man, I'm just so hungry because I brought stuff that I don't even like, like I never had it before. Yeah. I don't want to eat it. And I'm like, Oh man, like you probably should have gone through and like at least sampled it beforehand or something. Yeah. That's bonkers to me. I mean, even, even some of my tent mates, you know, had breakfast that they would, that they would cook up every morning and, you know, day one, mm, this is delicious. Day two, uh, uh, day three, uh, you know, they threw it all out because nothing was appealing. <laughs> Nothing sounded good. Um, uh, but but yeah, I mean, certainly when you when you think about the benefits of a consistent routine, you know, not just in your actions, but, you know, in your nutrition, uh, I, I think it it definitely keeps you focused. I think it keeps you, you know, on the on the steady path. Um, I also, just to tout some of the benefits of Vespa as well, because um you know, the, the, the routine alone is, is not necessarily everything. Um, I, I think it's been shown, you know, that, that when you, when you fuel with sugars, you know, that, that buildup of lactic acid, that metabolic waste is, is what makes you sore, right. And your body expends a ton of energy trying to get rid of that waste. But when you fuel with fat, I mean, that's your body's natural energy. And so while I felt fatigue, like I never really felt 
sore, right? Sore enough that I couldn't, you know, easily stand up or I couldn't do, you know, the next stage, um, you know, combined with the terrain. Yeah. My ankles were a bit tender, um, you know, my knees a little wonky, but overall, you know, burning, burning a, a, um, a natural fuel really does help with the soreness. Um, and, and it, and it really helps reduce that brain fog, quite honestly. Like I could see it with, you know, people coming over the finish line day to day, like they're, I won't call it delirious, but I mean, you could see their eyes just kind of, you know, glazed over and wandering because they've, they've been fueling with so much sugar and, and you get those highs and the lows that come with that. Whereas, you know, fueling with fat using Vespa, like it's a pretty constant energy. Um, and so that really does help reduce the fog as I call it, keeps you focused and, uh, and alert. Like <laughs> my test is that if I can do math and calculate, you know, miles and kilometers and time to the next checkpoint, like I'm, re- I'm doing really good and that's never been a problem. <laughs> yeah, definitely see that seems like the opposite of most people out there. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because I don't know, like, like I I wore a CGM, like a glucose monitor, for a while just to like check things. It was interesting to see like those spikes. And you do take sugar, yeah. even like while out running. Like, yeah, it's like not as big of a spike. But you still have some sort of spike. Whereas if you're fasted or just consuming fat and protein, like it's minimal at best. And it's really interesting to see that and like notice how you feel too around those same times. And I don't know, it's, it's really fascinating to me. And I guess like thinking specifically about grand to grand when, when you have to go out and be there for seven days and you're never running like marathon pace or like half marathon intensity at all. Like it just makes sense to feel on fat versus sugar. Like one, just because for the palate fatigue, like you're not just consuming a bunch of garbage all day and like feeling like crap at the end of the day. But then two, it's like, you can just recover better at night and you're ready to go the next day. And like, I've noticed that with like, just like a higher fat diet in general, like recovery is just like off the charts compared to just like pounding carbs all day. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Um, I think the other thing I noticed too, that, you know, again, just, I think it comes with experience. Um, you know, some people treat, I think a stage race like this, you know, as kind of a long hike which again it is but the food you eat on a hike is, is not food you're going to crave you know at 2 p.m. in the afternoon when it's you know 85 86 degrees and you've got dry mouth like you really do have to think about your palate and the type of uh, you know calories that you're putting in um there was certainly a point i think on stage 3 the long stage uh, again the temperatures you know, 85 at, you know, six, 7,000 feet, uh, quite hot. Even, I mean, I'm the, this is the Phoenician saying, Hey, that was pretty damn hot. Uh, but you know, people were still trying to toss back, you know, granola bars and, and, you know, trail mix. And I I don't know. I mean, it it just, it it may, it may work for some people, but it's just not the type of thing your body I think is ready to consume. It just takes a lot more work you know, and, and blood to the, to the gut, right. To digest things like that. Um, whereas if you're, if you're using maybe a bit more, uh, you know, liquid calories, even gels, right. Are easier to digest that I think, you know, some of these heavy bars and, you know, sugary, uh, sugary trail mixes. So 
I, I think there's a lot of a lot of difference in you know choices that I think people can make, uh, and and some of that's just experience. Again, uh, I've been running and hiking long enough. I've tried just about every product there is, um, and I and I finally think I've dialed things in. You know, here in my old age, so it's it's what works for me. <laughs> Definitely, I think experimentation and just learning that way is is pretty key. But then also, I think it's important to realize that, or maybe not to realize, but just understand that like race day nutrition is not like what you're eating all day, every day. Like, for example, you did take some carb drink and some gels and stuff, but it's not like you're eating those like as for breakfast or something, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're using those strategically. So, so thinking of that, like what, what kind of gels and drink mix did you bring out there with you? Is this something, anything that tasted good or do you have a specific set that you'd practice with? Yeah. So, so interestingly enough, over the past couple of years, I've been using Vespa. I've, I've been a little bit more uh, critical of, you know, the types of sugars that I continue to use. Interestingly enough, normal, normal gels with sucrose or glucose, they do not, I do not do well with those. Um, They just, they don't treat me right. Um, You know, especially when your body is expecting to use fat. Um, so I've, I found a couple things that have worked for me really well. Uh, and, and the interesting coincidence in all of these is that they are dextrose based. Uh, so for example, V fuel, um, is a, that's a gel out of Colorado, I think. And, uh, they're dextrose based. They have amazingly, you know, awesome flavors. Um, and so those are my go-to gels right now. Uh, there's also a scratch super fuel. So this is a, uh, it's a powder, uh, that you can easily mix. Um, and it's, it's quite potent. Like one serving in a, you know, 20 ounce bottle is like 400 calories. Uh, so it packs quite a punch, but it's also a dextrose or a maltodextrose based, uh, fuel, just easier to digest. Uh, it's not so sugary, um, you know, again, you can chase it with water quite easily, um, but neither of those have a ton of electrolytes. And so I do go to something else. Uh, it's called EFS uh, for my electrolytes. And uh, I, I also supplement that with a product called Frog Fuel. I don't know if you've heard of that, but uh, these are basically uh, branched chain aminos and a little bit of protein. And so I find that combination of electrolytes and protein, you get some calories in that. Um, it's great for hydration, but it's good to just keep, uh, you know, that hydration and electrolytes going. So those are, those are kind of my go-tos. Um, granted, I did bring, you know, some other snacky kind of stuff like those sesame snaps. Uh, but like I said, the, those get really dry really fast. And I ended up tossing most of those and relying largely on uh, gels and the and the liquid calories. Oh, that's super interesting. And I guess you got a you got another call here in a couple of minutes. But um, just real quick, was there anything that you would have changed that you'd done um, over the course of the week, or is that kind of did everything worked out well for you? Uh, I've been thinking about that for the last week, honestly. <laughs> um, other than just the amount of food. Um, I, I can't think of really anything I would have done differently. Like I'm really happy that the nutrition worked out. Uh, I'm really happy that I found, uh, you know, a, a tent mate, a running mate, <laughs> uh, 
to to kind of pace with me and and stay with me. Again, we finished together, did largely the whole thing together, and um, you know that's a good support network, especially for your first time. Um, but gosh, I'm I'm super pleased with how I finished. I I never expected you know, to, to place at all. Um, uh, I did end up, you know, getting seventh overall and then uh, first in my age group, the 50 to 59 age group. And I, I couldn't be happier. Like I, I just, things worked out well. I enjoyed it. Um, I walked away with maybe one or two small blisters, but in general, um, recovery has been great. And, uh, even though, even though my office is still a mess from <laughs> all the gear it's you know I, i'm looking forward to to the next adventure well man that's great to hear it's good that you had a good time out here in the desert and like high desert specifically because i know you live in low desert yeah yeah <laughs> but it's such a unique place up here and it's cool to see that like your nutrition strategy paid off and you just really had a good time like this is this is good to hear yeah it's a well put together race um and uh from what i hear pretty damn hard uh, according to those that have done other stage races around the world. So, you know, knowing that we kind of, yeah, kind of did the, did the hardest there is um, gives me a lot of satisfaction as well, because things played out uh, quite nicely. So very happy. Oh, that's great. Uh, before I let you go here, so you can jump on your next call, um, where can people find you if they want to uh, get a hold of you on, on Strava, Instagram, stuff like that? Yeah, certainly. Um, I'm on most of the socials. Uh, you can find me. Uh, usually it's run.rovert.run uh, on Instagram and Strava um, and Facebook. Yeah, so all of those, uh, all of those channels. Cool. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. It was fun to talk to you about it. And um I guess we'll probably see each other soon. We'll have to go for a run sometime. Yeah, right on, Derek. Thank you. Yeah, man. Have a good one. We'll talk soon. Okay. Cheers. Appreciate it. Bye. Right. Yeah, bye.